All right, so um, today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. If, if you don't have a journal, Bible, haven't gotten one of those yet, Dad's got some to give you, or if, you're, if you need pens, um, grab one of those. I'm excited that we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, but I'm really more excited that we're, what I hope is that we will, uh, in the remainder of our time, get to experience some of the Holy Spirit. And that's not because... The sermon's so great today. It's because we're going to spend some time in prayer toward the end of it. So uh, let's read together uh, kind of where we left off, because this is really part two of last week's sermon in some ways, uh, but we're going to get into another section, and we're in the midst of this long sentence of praise from Paul, and we picked it up. Uh, in verse 7 last week. So uh, chapter 1, verse 7 of Ephesians, if you're following along, it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven, And things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Verse 12 So that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. Let's pray. Jesus, uh, Holy Spirit, as we encounter you today in your scripture and just in your presence in this room, may, uh, may you draw us closer to your heart for your people, for uh, the world that you've created. May the things that we talk about and the, the prayers that we pray uh, bring us tight into uh, the, the workings of the Father in this world and in our lives. And may we be empowered uh, even more so by having encountered you today to go out into that world and affect change and bring light and salt. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so uh, preparing a sermon is really a weird thing. I don't know how many of you have actually done something like that. There's some weeks that are actually weirder than others. This happened to be one of those weirder weeks. But um, when, you're, when I'm thinking about, like, what we're supposed to do, uh, and that's, that's really the question I ask is, what are we, God, what are we supposed to do? Uh, not specifically what am I supposed to say or what, do you, what are we supposed to study, but I start with the question, what are we supposed to do? Because I want to look at kind of the big picture of why we're here and what, what God wants us to be about. Uh, but as I get more, like, closer into, like, what I'm supposed to, to be doing as it relates to this, I have to think about the text that we're in. Obviously, we're in a series on Ephesians, uh, so that factors in. What did we do last week? Where are we headed with this? Those are the kind of things that, that start to come into play. I think about you, uh, and I imagine you being here, uh, and, and, and so, like, when you're not here, uh, that imagination just kind of Mm, crumbles uh, on Sundays, but I imagine you being here, think about you and your life and what's going on with you individually as well as collectively. 
I have to think about me uh, because I think about me a lot. I mean, you know, it's just what the way it works, right? Uh, and, and so I think about, like, what's going on with me uh, and why this text is hard for me or what God is really convicting me of, or just what's going on in my life that's distracting me right now from really being able to get into this. So those are things that roll around in my head. Obviously, think about God, what, what, what's going on with God, what is he doing, what does he want us to do, and what's going on in the world, current events, things that we're engaged in, things that he wants us to be engaged in, all that comes into play. So when I, I kept asking those questions and kept rolling around with all that stuff this week, uh, and then have conversations with you guys and go to comm group and interact and just trying to put all this together. And, and as I kept asking the questions, the, the answer, like, to what, what do you want us to do today, God? That, uh, and I, and I, I wanted it to be about the text because the text, I can, I can look at that and, and I can, you know, kind of uh, go to, to resources and draw on experience and, uh, and teaching to be able to put something together. But it wasn't that easy because God just, it seemed like every time I asked that question, it wasn't about the text. It was, the answer was just, I want you to pray. I'm like, well, but we're in Ephesians and we, we need to talk about Ephesians because we got a schedule. And we, I want you to pray is the answer that kept coming back. And so as I looked at the text and I began to kind of synthesize all that together, uh, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And it's a perfect time to pray. It's a perfect time to cry out for more of the Holy Spirit, to get in touch with the Holy Spirit in our life. And so I'm going to run through some stuff here and and, kind of set the table, uh, hopefully, for some prayer time that we'll do in just a little bit. So are you okay with that? If you're a praying person, if you're like just really in touch with the Holy Spirit right now, I hope that there's something like we're connecting. Like, yes, I, that, I affirm that, okay? Um, and, and, and I, I want to ask you if you're one of those people that just like thinks that way and feels that way and, and is just really in the moment with the Spirit right now, that you would begin to pray for us uh, as we continue this time, okay? And, and just kind of ask the, the Lord to, to really set that up for us well so that we can enter into a time of, of just really being on our knees before the Holy Spirit and asking him what, what, what does he want us to do, okay? Thanks for doing that if you're one of those people. So quick review. Um, we've uh, been in Ephesians for a few weeks now. The Apostle Paul is, is the guy that wrote this letter. Uh, he wrote it to a group of churches in Asia Minor. We call it Ephesians. Ephesus was the big city in that, uh, in that group of churches, but it was really written to all the churches. In fact, uh, it was kind of written in a way that you could just insert your church name. So uh, when, he, when he says he's writing to the Ephesians, he's writing to community church. Uh, it's just as true for us today. And this is a really general contemporary letter. It's not a lot of specifics about Ephesus or any one of those churches. So we can fill in the blanks with some of our stuff as well. Uh, And and we said that God uh, wants us to kind of get the message here that we are in Christ. It's a a lot about our identity. It's a lot about the, the love that God has for us in Christ and that he's created us to be He's created that, that church, those churches that he was writing to originally, to be a new society in the world. 
that is characterized by his incorruptible love. It's a love that's for him. We cry out to him in worship. We, we call upon his name. It's a love uh, that we understand um, that is for us. Uh, it's a love that we are to share with one another and with the world. And what we're trying to work through, especially in these first three chapters, is this uh, idea of just believing some of these truths, that we are in Christ, that, that God has done these awesome things for us. And so it's foundational, it's, it's doctrinal, uh, basic theology stuff of, of the first three chapters of Ephesians, that we're just trying to get this believe it part down. And, and then we shift and, and we kind of try to do this each week as well. How are we supposed to live in light of that? Uh, but the last three chapters that we're headed toward, it's really going to get into the, some of the specifics of that. And as we do that, we proclaim these truths, we stand firm in them as we await uh, the final day. So we've already seen that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. We've already seen that he has chosen us, uh, that he has elected us from the very beginning to be his people. We're a part of that. And that he has adopted us into his family, uh, that we're brothers and sisters in that family. And he's given us the blessing of sharing in the same eternal rewards as his first and only son, Jesus, uh, we're, we're adopted into that family. We get to be a part of that same inheritance that Jesus has. And last week, we talked about these three things. In our present reality, we, we have the understanding that God has redeemed us. Uh, he, he's, he's, he's bought us from the ownership of sin and death with the blood of Jesus. He, he's, he's made us his own. And that he's forgiven us. He's taken our sins and he's removed them. As far as the east is from the west, one uh, part of Scripture says, and there's, we looked at several others about that, that, that God has forgiven. He's wiped the slate clean. He's forgiven all your sin in Jesus. And, that, uh, and we talked about this uh, maybe more so, that he's lavished us with his grace. When we're singing that song, Reckless Love, just a while ago, I'm standing in the back, and I, I, I told you all it was, you know, the word lavish brings up this, you know, these images for me, and, and that, I mean, that was one, uh, just that song, uh, just imagining just God's grace somehow just pouring over me uh, is, is what the experience I had. Um, it, it's that, that grace, that unmerited love that God has for you, that inexhaustible love that God has for you. He's lavished his grace upon us. And so in verse 8, we finish out this part of things uh, today and the things that God has given us today uh, with the idea that, that God has given us spiritual discernment, okay? So in verse 8, he says, uh, for which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, in all wisdom and insight. Spiritual discernment is, is a way to say with those two words put together, uh, and, and, and so what is that? What, what is spiritual insight? Well, let's go back and break down the two words. And this is the way uh, uh, I came across a, a couple of good definitions that I really like. First one being wisdom, the knowledge which sees into the heart of things, which knows them as they really are. That would be wisdom. Okay, spiritual wisdom. Remember, we have to separate. It's not just any wisdom. Uh, the Bible tells us that the wisdom of God is like foolishness to man, okay? And, and so we're not talking about 
God's was, I mean, we're talking about God's wisdom, not just wisdom, like not just being smart, not having a, a lot of worldly knowledge, but this is a, a wisdom that's been supplied by the Spirit. And so insight gives us a little bit more insight into what he's talking about here, uh, that, that this is the understanding which leads to right action. So it's not enough just to have like this, this power of wisdom that we can see things a certain way, uh, but we, we need to have the kind of wisdom that, that also has insight that causes a change in how we act, things that we do, uh, an understanding which leads to the right action. And so I put those two back together, and I just call that spiritual discernment. So that's kind of where we're going with uh, today. This is what Paul, uh, when he writes to the Philippians, says, It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent. See that part of insight coming into play there? So that you may approve what is excellent. You've got an understanding of what right action is now because you have spiritual discernment. And you have been given that in Christ right now. Where you sit, you have spiritual discernment. Some of you have not exercised those muscles very much and your spiritual discernment may not be any different than the world. In fact, the world's wisdom is so powerful on us sometimes, and we think that logic or or, or worldly reason is what makes sense in the moment, and so we go with that. We're not in touch with the Spirit, and so we've got to be careful that we're not just ignoring the Spirit or not like really trying to go into the Spirit more so that we can have that kind of understanding of, of how we're supposed to be living. Uh, Paul also says in, in Colossians, and by the way, Colossians and, and Ephesians are a lot of like this, like a lot of Ephesians is in Colossians. Uh, and, and he says this in his prayer for the Colossian church, you may, that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as... To walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power. That's the kind of spiritual discernment that we're talking about. That's what we're after as we encounter the Holy Spirit and we understand who the Holy Spirit is in our life. He goes on in verse 9 to say, Making known to, you, to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he has set forth in Christ. The mystery of his will, this is uh, the, the, the secret that's been revealed, the, the new understanding of, of what God's doing in the world in Jesus. And so it's no longer a mystery to you as you have come to believe in Jesus. That veil has been lifted. You now understand something. So that's the, kind of the first part of your spiritual discernment. You now have this ability to, to get it. Like what, what, what God is doing, what God has been doing all along. The scriptures make sense to you as you read the Old Testament and you see the prophecy and you see where all this is headed. And so in verse 10, uh, he says, as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. That's the plan. That's what's been revealed, that, that, that God is bringing all this together in Christ. God is a uniter. He likes to bring unity 
to things. And he's going to bring unity to all this stuff uh, in Christ. Uh, the, the reason that Paul wrote this, a lot of people think, is that he, he was kind of subtly, passively addressing a heresy that was going on at this time. It was this argument about the, the spiritual realm kind of being opposed to Christ, that, that Christ and the, and the spiritual realm were uh, at odds with each other. And uh, as I think about like, what that means to us, just how uh, the world wants to separate Jesus from things, um, that, that, uh, that we know that Jesus is in all and through all, and, and that uh, you can have a secular government, and that doesn't mean a thing to God. He's, he's in that. He is, he's woven his way, and his plans are not going to be thwarted. He's still in our messed up systems. He's, he's still in things uh, at, at your job or at your school uh, that you think are supposed to be kind of separate because the world has told us that it is. He's still at work, guys. The Holy Spirit is alive in those moments, and he's working. Uh, and, and so God's bringing all that together uh, ultimately in the great cosmic nature of things. Uh, that's where all, all this is headed. In verse 11, in him, that's, we see it again and again, in Christ, in him, uh, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things, according to the counsel of his will. Verse 12, so that we who were first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. The first believers, of which Paul kind of sees himself as he's, he's speaking, and then he says uh, in verse 13, in him you also, uh, church, Ephesian church, churches of Asia Minor, you also have been brought into this. Also, we have to hear this with the, the idea that it's, it's not just Jews anymore, it's Gentiles now too, and that's a big deal uh, in, in these moments in the early church, that they have been brought, we have been brought into salvation, uh, and, and we're now included in that. Verse 13, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. A seal in this day and time that we, uh, the, the original hearers would have heard this letter, uh, was, was meant uh, to signify that something important was kind of blessed, was, uh, was coming straight from the owner, uh, if it was a letter, uh, the seal would have been, you know, such that uh, the scroll uh, couldn't be opened without breaking that seal. So you knew when you got it, it hadn't been tampered with. You knew that it came from such and such house because you recognized that seal. And so that would have come to mind. Also, uh, in, in, in this time, uh, a lot of the cults that existed, and there were tons of them, uh, a, a lot of a big part of the culture uh, in uh, Ephesus and other places around there uh, would tattoo their members so that you could see easily that that, that seal that, that marker was on them. They're a part of us, uh, and you see gangs, you know, doing this today. Uh, that that we we have these seals, we have these markers. But Paul may have had those things in mind, but he also probably had this running narrative of the Old Testament, uh, the, uh, the sign and seal of God's people being circumcision. 
And so now what he says, in light of maybe all that stuff, but certainly in light of circumcision and that marker of, of who God's people were, he's saying the Holy Spirit is your seal. It's not just a, uh, a thing to look at and say, uh, it, it's in you. The presence of the Holy Spirit in you becomes your seal. And so that's important. Because as a believer, the, you, you should be able to sense uh, in, in some way the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life and to know that God has put that seal on your life. That's, that's an assurance of your salvation. And then further, we, we're going to be able to see that in you. We're, because... That spirit is going to work out things. There, there's giftings of that spirit that are going to come into play. And, and you're going to uh, behave in certain ways in this world that are going to be evidence of the Holy Spirit, of that seal that's been put on your life. And so that's a very important concept uh, as we talk about the theology of the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 14, he, he calls the Holy Spirit the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. This is the earnest money. This is the down payment on the house that some of you may have, have bought before. Uh, and you had to put up this huge sum of money in the beginning. It's not, uh, it's not a, a, a token amount. It, it's, a, it's enough to say, I'm in this. And so God is saying his Holy Spirit, he, he hasn't just like said, that you'll get it one day. Like he, he, he said, I, I'm already invested in you. I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm doing this. And, and there will be a day where it's all paid in full. It's all brought on together in Christ, right? Like we talked about a while ago. But, but for right now, this is, this is what I'm giving you. And that's consistent with what Jesus said, that I, I'm going away, but I'm going to send this one, the Holy Spirit, to be with you until I come again. So as we move into a time of prayer right now, what do we do with, with, with this stuff? Um, I think that we're supposed to pray. This is just my best pastoral guess in, at this moment um, for a lot of things. I, I think there are some significant things going on with you as individuals that, that you need to cry out to this Holy Spirit who is alive in you, who is alive in this body of people, who is alive in this world right now, and working out the things uh, according to God's predestined uh, purposes where he's going to bring all this under the banner of, uh, of, of victory, and it's going to be ordered, and it's going to make sense uh, in ways that it doesn't right now. And so you, you, you may be experiencing some health stuff. You may be experiencing some emotional stuff. You may be experiencing some, uh, some stuff in your family, some stuff in your finances, some stuff that uh, if you're like me and kind of come into what, what are we supposed to do, you've reached that point over and over again where you just you don't know. You don't know what, what's next. You don't know what you're supposed to do. You don't know where the answers are going to come from and, and, and if they're going to come soon enough and you're weary and your faith is waning 
And, and what I hope that in, in these next moments as we kind of go through some, some prayer exercise is that you will feel the freedom. And I, and I say that because maybe you're guarded right now about even praying about those things. Because you're just, you're scared. You're, you're in this moment of stuff that's going on in your life. You're scared. And, and my, my hope is that you'll just, like a little kid, coming to your father, be able to cry out to him and be totally honest about what, what you need, what you're scared of, what you hope that he will answer. And in the same way that, that for us as a church, uh, Thad and I were with some other pastors this week, and we got prayed over, and it was awesome. Um, and, and one of the things that, that they were praying is that we would, uh, we would be able to, you know, sense and know what, what God has for us next. Uh, and and I believe that as a body, we've been kind of sitting on some things and God's been percolating and marinating each of you as individuals and as we come together for something significant that's next. But I, I, I'll be honest, I don't know what that is yet. I, I think God's forming it in you. And I think we're all going to know. Uh, but I, I, I think it relates to, you know, what, what missional activity we're supposed to be involved in. But even more beyond that, just the power that we come into the world with on a daily basis as the people of Community Church and how that's supposed to, to be markedly different uh, in, in the future. How There's just a new chapter for us, I, I believe. It's a chapter of uh, seeing God do some awesome things. And I want that. I want to be a part of that. And, and, and I feel like that it's not going to come unless we're willing to get on our knees and, and ask for God with open hands uh, to, to do whatever it takes in us, to use us however he wants to. We need to get together on that. We need to do it in this moment, if, if nothing else. Um, but I hope that we'll continue it. So uh, I'm going to ask that you uh, follow along with, with some prayer. I, I have a, a, a prayer Stolen from the Catholic Church, by the way, um, but I modified it just a little bit to, to fit our needs. And we're going to pray through this prayer about three times in some different ways. The first prayer, first time, I just want you to, to just pray it. Just, just pray it. Uh, you may be distracted in some ways. Um, in fact, guys, if you don't mind dimming the lights, just, I think I'm not trying to create an emotional experience here, but I think just from the distraction point. Uh, I just want you to, to really be in the presence of the Spirit and, and not be too distracted with other stuff. And if that means that where you're sitting is distracting to you, there's room up here for you to just come and kneel. Uh, you may need to kneel where you are just to, like, be definitely in the moment of prayer. You want, maybe, maybe you want to go back in the back. But pray this prayer with me uh, in, in the silence of your heart. I'll, I'll speak it over you. Come. Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle them in the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit 
and new life will be created. And you will renew our world. Begin to pray that prayer. Believe that prayer can be answered in the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. No matter what you're going through right now, no matter what we're going through as a church, pray that prayer. Do you want more of the Spirit in your life? Do you want to see Him manifested? Not just in your worship, certainly there, but but in the way that you function every day, in the way that your family functions, in the way that your ministry functions, the way that your relationships function. You want to see more of the Spirit. Pray this prayer individually. This is for you right now. Don't, just, don't think about the church. Don't think about anything else. Just think about you. What's going on with you? Come. Holy Spirit, fill my heart. And kindle me in the fire of your love. Just cry out to him like a little kid who knows he needs something. Send forth your spirit and new life will be created in me. I believe that. And you will renew my world. Some of us just need to be called back to the reality of who we are in Jesus. We've been so beaten up and, and we've, we've been so acclimated to the way the world does things. As you do that, remember this verse and just let this kind of wash over you. And, and, and maybe, maybe there's some specifics of it that you need to zero in on because James says the wisdom from above is first of all pure. Pray for purity in your life. What, is, what would that look like? How, how, how do you want that to take effect in my life, God? spiritual discernment that this way of being in touch with with the spirit is is peaceable i confess to you that i have not been peaceable lord make me peaceable in the power of your spirit it's gentle the holy spirit is the comforter he's gentle with you let him wrap his arms of love around you right now. May he make you a gentle person as you deal with other people's problems or sin in other people's lives that you confront. Be gentle. Be open to reason. Are you just argumentative all the time? Do you want to hear? Do you want to learn? Spirit, help me to be open to reason. Help me to be full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. What does that look like for you? And then finally pray. 
for our church. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill the hearts of the people of Community Church, my brothers and sisters. And kindle us in the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit to us. We want more of you, Jesus. And we believe that new life will be created in our midst and that you will renew our world. As we close, I pray this over you, O God, who instructed the hearts of the faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us in the same spirit to be truly wise and discerning and ever rejoice in your guidance. In Christ our Lord, amen. Amen. So we're going to make some quick application, and we're going to sing some more. We're actually going to do a communion uh, and sing some more. The first thing that I, I think the Lord wants us to do with this is, is to use the Lent. Lent starts Wednesday, and, and uh, we're just going to use it as a time for the, the 40 days leading up to Easter, as a time to fast from something and, and to cry out for God to, to give us more spiritual wisdom and discernment for ourselves for other people, our brothers and sisters, uh, for our church, and, um, and for the world around us. And then secondly, uh, I encourage you to allow him to use the spiritual wisdom and discernment of others to help guide you. You, you, you are blessed to be, God put it together this way, you're, you're in a body of believers for a reason where one is weak, the other is strong, and where one is more gifted or more in tune with the Spirit, they can minister to you. Allow that to happen this week. Receive from someone this week. Be willing to receive from someone this week. And by the same token, expect God to use you to help others. Expect Some of you just think, I don't have anything to offer. That's not true. Kids, teenagers, New believers, that's not true. You have in you the power of the Holy Spirit. Believe that and expect to be able to minister out of that to other people this week. Really believe that. And really look for ways that in the power of the Spirit that you can minister to other people this week. Okay, so those are just three things to apply as we move forward into the week. Servers, you can come. And as we come to this time of uh, communion, the Lord's Supper was at that, that last supper uh, that, that Jesus had with his disciples where he said this uh, is a piece of bread that he took from the table. And he said, this is my body broken for you. And he took the cup and he said, this is the blood of the new covenant. And this is shed for the forgiveness of sins. And it was also Jesus who reminded them that he was going away, but he was sending the Holy Spirit to be with them. So in that spirit, in the power of that Holy Spirit, we receive this time and, and we remember the power that lives in us through Jesus. So come and take, come and receive, come and be blessed.